Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners across America and around the world. Online reviews is our topic today. Reviews for products, for services, and for companies and organizations. Most of us read them. Some of us even write a few reviews. Many of us make decisions based on what the review says, and many businesses and organizations bend over backwards to get great reviews. Joining me today from Colorado for the second time this year is Eric Bernstein. He is the president of the renowned Bernstein Crisis Management Firm. Eric has had ample experience helping his clients earn great reviews as well as helping them recover from terrible reviews. Eric works to support clients in all aspects of creating, building, and maintaining their readiness for and resilience against threats to their operations or reputation that might impact the bottom line. So, Eric, welcome again to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start off by having you tell our listeners, how do they go about getting great reviews from their clients with their products and or services? The very best way, and a lot of people seem a bit surprised when we tell them this, but the very best way is to ask people you know are happy to give you a review. A lot of brands know that that they have some customers who have been coming for years, who they're practically best friends with, who trust them with their lives essentially, and just telling those people, hey, it really helps me out if you leave a review, can get you more than you might expect. Mm-hmm. Well, suppose they are then doing things, let's say, that that sounds like a maybe face-to-face or personal sort of way, but suppose they're online or across the country, how then can they begin to do the, get the same sort of outcomes, if you will? Sure, and and that, and that makes sense because more often than not, these are folks where you really don't know them too well. You maybe met them, maybe not even, uh, but they're about to share their opinion of you. And I, I think the number one way is developing some sort of method that you build into your business, whether it's a, a survey 
that you take or some some other analysis, but really a way to identify who's happy without meeting them face to face and talking with mm-hmm. them. And and often that is some form of survey. They even have ones that will text message people and uh, and make it very easy. And and what most of these survey providers do is they allow you to take people who said they were happy and link them straight to those review pages. Whereas if somebody's not happy, they may give them a way to contact you privately, hopefully keeping that negativity out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, obviously, perhaps all of us uh, do business with Amazon, and probably within a day or two after you've made it, or at least when I make a purchase, an email shows up asking me how did I like whatever it was that I brought, and then takes me right into the, to the survey bond. Mm-hmm. And that just that makes it so easy. Nobody wants to go out of their way, go find the profile, create an account, and then post the review. So mm-hmm. the easier you can make it for people to go from point A to point leaving a positive review, the better. What are some of the things that you have found that uh, get in the way of people giving positive reviews? Customer service, uh, you know, maybe something on your website didn't work. Uh, what are some of the major things that you found that have caused problems? Shoot, the, the number one problem really is that people are just so busy. Getting reviews, it truly is a numbers game. Even the most successful people in getting reviews are not getting one in ten even of people who they ask. It, it really is a numbers game and a time game in terms of making sure that, that people get those reviews. But I'll tell you one thing, aside from that, that really hurts people is a crazy amount of companies still have not even claimed their own Google, Yelp, and and similar to have somewhere for people to leave reviews. So you're suggesting that uh, if you're dealing with the public, it's probably a good idea if you do not have some sort of a review system built in to have one built in as soon as possible. Yes, today. If you are running a business, if you're running any public-facing organization and you have not claimed your Google My Business page, your Yelp review page, and your Facebook page, you are in danger of having major, major issues. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to see those. You know, what might also help is let's tell people perhaps the the downside of not having a review process with your organization. What problems can, sure. you run, can you run into if you don't have some way to capture how people feel about what they've been, the business they've been doing with you? Well, the, the number one issue is that typically you just won't know when people are speaking poorly of you. A lot of folks aren't going to come in and shake your hand and say, hey, we hate you. Uh, right? <laughs> and, uh, but they sure will do it online from the parking lot. <laughs> And, and so that's, that's the major, major thing. Everyone's going to get negative reviews. If your company is run flawlessly, you will still get negative reviews, but you need to be able to see them mm-hmm. to understand what's happening and try to address the issues. And people often make the mistake of thinking, well, I don't want to be on Yelp, so I won't make a Yelp. And today that doesn't matter. Anybody can make a Yelp page for any business. They don't have to own it. They can put you on Yelp. Same with Google and same with Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you really cannot avoid it. And I think that's a major mistake is, is folks want to avoid it and they wind up logging in one day by whim and seeing we have 50 negative reviews. Mm-hmm. 
So let's let's then let's talk about those negative reviews. You've probably been around enough, and you've had enough experience to talk about the range of negative impacts that those reviews can have. Let's let's talk about what are some of the major negative impacts that reviews have had on a range of companies. Sure. So for for example, a, a study out of Northwestern University from about a year and a half ago, two years now stated that 93% of local customers use reviews to determine if a business is good or bad. Mm -hmm. Some 85% of consumers trust reviews as much as a personal recommendation, literally as much as their neighbor, their parents, their siblings telling them this is good. That's how much power they're giving to online reviews. Mm -hmm. So it's tremendously important to your business. We're talking losing as much as 20% of your annual revenue if you go down one star rating on some of these sites. Mm-hmm. It, it is not only important for your, your sort of more intangible reputation, but for the actual dollar amount that you're able to bring in. You know, I remember seeing a quote um, not too long ago from uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. In essence, he said that... Uh, Words of mouth information from one person to another that you trust is very, very powerful. And people listen and pay attention to that sort of thing. So, in essence, that's a review in itself. Exactly. It it really is. That's the original review, right? Go ask Mm -hmm. someone else who has it. Mm -hmm. The Internet's just allowed us to ask a, a whole lot of other people. And for better and for worse, it's allowed anonymity, which means that people are not scared to share their honest opinion, but they're also not scared to lie and cheat a bit in the system. You know, the other thing that I recognize about reviews as well is that when, and I'll take Amazon again, I bought a cabinet, if you will, and some of the screws that you use to bolt on the handles to the cabinet came up, they came up one short. And I actually wrote to uh, through the process, and lo and behold, uh, I wound up getting a bag full of them. <laughs> I didn't need that many. But the fact is that the manufacturer or distributor, whoever it was, jumped through some hoops to make sure that I got that because they, they actually wanted and asked for a great review. So having somebody respond to you in that way helps you think very positively of them and what they think of customer services, if you will. Oh, oh, absolutely. And we see a lot of consumers completely change their mind about a brand after a review. Uh, I work with a lot of schools, and of course, school reviews are very, very important, especially for, for parents and students looking to move into higher ed. And, and often, you can see a complete change when somebody posts a negative review about their initial experience and a real-life person reaches out and fixes it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it saves these brands thousands and thousands of dollars for your own review. I'm I'm sure that pulled it from a two or three star up higher, right? Well, it certainly, and it gave me a very favorable rating on several occasions when I've had something to go wrong. And I'll tell you another one was the Home Depot. I was expecting something on a given day. It didn't show up. I called their uh, customer service. And one lady says, hold on a second, I'll get this fixed for you. And then she comes back to me and says she can't find the order. So, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm upset. Uh, I took the time to track down one of the vice presidents down in Atlanta, and uh, I think within a day, they, they had it here at the house. So um, that said a lot to me and how they want to uh, uh, make sure that they, uh, they satisfy their customers. Sure, and I think that kind of work 
customer service in general is just core to good reviews. Mm-hmm. If the people you have on the front lines of communication with your clients and your customers are killing it out there, you're going to have good reviews. And I, I can't tell you how many really ugly landslides of negative reviews were starting just by somebody on the other end of the line having a bad day and not giving the service they should. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps maybe that calls, uh, and maybe you've had the experience where reviews can be generated by, let's say, whoever the customer comes in contact with in the process of doing business with your company, whether it's a delivery driver or someone answering the phone or somewhere in that process. So perhaps there needs to be company-wide training in customer service. Absolutely. Customer service is crisis management. It's a point that we hammer often with clients, and it's easy to overlook. But these folks are on the front lines of communication with your most important stakeholders every single day. Mm-hmm. And they really are representing your business, and they are a PR representative, whether you want them to be or not. So training is is vital. Uh, large or small corporations, that that's a vital part of it to make sure that, or at least make the best effort you can to get, get solid reviews. Yes, everyone in the organization should understand why it's important and what to do if they think they're in over their head with the situation as well. Mm-hmm. Well, once a company, I'm not sure if I touched on this earlier, but once a company does, or someone, I should say, does uh, provide a negative review, particularly online, what is the process that uh, you have followed to help uh, correct the situation like that? It does vary a bit, but our basic process is always to first look at the review and say, does this violate terms of service for the site? So, for example, if somebody leaves a Yelp review that is about an experience somebody else had, Mm -hmm. you can often get that removed because Yelp does not allow does not allow reviews that are not a personal consumer experience. Okay. Um, If and same thing for if things are vulgar, overly aggressive, some of the pages will pull them. That said, none of the sites will get in the middle of a factual dispute, even if you can prove you are factually right. So the next step after that is to try to figure out who the person is and try to get in touch with them offline. So that can mean, hey, maybe they use their real name and we have their email or a phone number and we have someone who can talk to them. More often that will mean posting something in reply to their review that essentially expresses concern or understanding and ask them to contact you directly Mm -hmm. using an email. And that way we pull their negativity and their complaint a bit more out of public view where we can try to address it without all of the sorted details being shared with everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doesn't work and either they will not cooperate or they are dead wrong and, and you're set on not bowing to it, which is fair in many cases. You know, we do see what, what I call review extortion these days where people will leave a review and say, give me money or I'm leaving it up. And so in that case, it's really up to the organization to put together a response that still compassionately, still with plenty of understanding is really aimed at other people reading this review. Mm -hmm. And your goal with that is to convince anybody who's on the fence about whether to believe this review or to believe you to fall onto your side Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, maybe this person leaving the review doesn't have something right because 
this company looks very understanding. They look like they want to help, and they provided some facts for their side. Mm-hmm. That that makes a lot of sense, and this is sort of the first time I've heard uh, it said that uh, some people will do a review and hold it as a way of holding a company hostage and, and try to extract payments for them. Uh, I hadn't heard that before. Oh, yes. We, we see it quite a bit these days, especially with small businesses, independent medical offices, and veterinary offices seem very, very prone to this. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a way for companies, large or small, to keep track of their reviews other than having someone in the office go look at various places? Is there software that uh, someone can get and uh, install that feeds this information directly to them? There are, and they're all a little bit different because they all hook into pulling reviews from various pages in different ways, but there are, there are quite a few out there that will consolidate all of your reviews in one control panel for you to look at, much as many of the social media suites do. Mm-hmm. And that way you can just have somebody pull up one panel and it will have Yelp, Google, Facebook, and quite a few smaller review sites right there. And often they will let you respond in program as well. Um, I don't have a particular one that I use, but I know Yext is a very big one in that area. And there's quite a few others that people could find. What sort of unusual experiences have you had or unusual reviews that have come to some of your clients and that caused you to hesitate as to, well, how are we going to respond to this? I've never seen this before. Have you had any experiences like that? Oh, certainly. I, I think some of the we have the, the typical people who just, we don't even know what they're talking about. They have a, a rant and rave about an experience that nobody at the organization seems to be able to recall. Um, and what we found with some of those is that people will leave reviews for a business with the same name that's the wrong business. Uh, so we see this a lot with smaller businesses that often share similar names and they'll be states and states away Mm -hmm. and they will be receiving reviews for another business. And if you share a name with a business, that's not very reputable. You need to be very careful because Mm -hmm. you may have a bunch of upset people wind up at your page. I think beyond that, which is you can typically sort it out. It, It takes some wrangling with the review sites, but you can typically sort it out there by sharing some evidence of which one you are. The ones that are really tricky are the ones where people truly are web savvy and they want to get you. Mm-hmm. The ones where an individual is familiar enough with the internet to make 20 or 30 different profiles and use all of those to review you on multiple sites or where they're able to motivate a significant group of people to do the same to you. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've certainly seen Yelp and Google automatically stop reviews for clients before because of the sheer volume that have come in in a short amount of time. Mm. I, you know, I had no idea that I could get to that, that level. You had people with that sort of vitriol uh, that wanted to take the time to uh, you know, slam companies. I that, uh, hadn't heard that before. Oh, well, I'll tell you, we had one where somebody not only posted a review, but when they didn't get what they wanted from posting the review, they posted a quote from their review on a billboard they took out in the same town as my client. Oh, my heavens. Now, they so, were angry. Yes, yes, and that's that's sort of that's taking reviews to a whole new level because then everybody who drives by on the highway gets to see it as well. 
Well, I think that really goes back to what you said earlier, that if you have a problem with a client, that you, you need to fix it as, as soon as you can, as quickly as you mm-hmm. can, because you don't want them going to those extremes. That, that really sounds extreme. Exactly. And the problem is that even though this person was not in the right about what they were upset about, it probably cost my client more to deal with all of the reputation issues that this whole situation caused than it would have to just give the person their money back. Mm -hmm. So companies are in a tough spot because people will try to bully you and, and it can be difficult to know how much money is somebody willing to waste just to hurt me and how distracting is this going to be from getting back to business as usual. Mm-hmm. Once, a re- well, I think you've already touched on that, that once they come upon a bad review, they need to get on it uh, as soon as possible, if not sooner, to um, mitigate any major problems that could could grow from that. Mm-hmm. And we see this a lot with reviews. So reviews are going to come in pretty much any time, but Friday evening is always a big, big time for reviews, which happens to be the time that people are knocking off for the weekend from work. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, we've seen it many times where a negative review on Friday turns into somebody's gathered all of their friends up over the weekend, and now you have a mess across all of your websites, all mm-hmm. of your social media, just because nobody bothered to say, hey, we have something we might need to look at, but it is 4 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings up an interesting point, I guess, in terms of being able to track it. So if that sort of thing could happen, then that says to me, then perhaps we do need to have a process in place. So even on weekends or holidays, if one comes in, it goes to somebody as part of our system for combating or dealing with uh, bad reviews. Absolutely. And I very much recommend to my clients that they tie it in with social media monitoring. Mm -hmm. Some of those things just you, you cannot take, and I know you have to be realistic with manpower and what you can do in any given organization, but you really can't afford to take nights and weekends off in those environments because your customers do not accept that. They're not okay with saying it was Christmas, it was Saturday. They expect a response and they expect it quick. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, this has been uh, some great information, but, uh, you know, as we begin to uh, uh, close this out, do you have any sort of wisdom that you might want to impart to listeners as to thing that they should do to make sure that they can get uh, some great reviews? Number one, claim your review sites. Number two, figure out a way to determine which customers love you. And number three, make asking for reviews part of day-to-day business. Mm -hmm. I know it's a pain in the butt. I know it's awkward for a lot of people, but it's a numbers game. And when you get somebody who leaves you an unfair negative review, you will be happy you spent the time to get the positives. Mm -hmm. And let me just add, too, I think one of the things I said earlier, that everybody in the company or organization is part of how uh, reviews can come back, that they need to make sure that they are treating their clients and customers very, very well because it can blow up if it's, if it's not. Absolutely. They are your front line of defense against negative reviews. I would say the vast majority of negative reviews are caused by customer service issues. So anything you can do to support those people and help them have a smile on their face every time they talk to somebody, the better. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric Bernstein has been our guest today. And Eric, I want to thank you again for uh, providing us some very, very insightful information. And I'm sure that uh, our listeners are going to uh, appreciate what you've, uh, what you've had to say here today. 
So once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we, we always appreciate uh, having you. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope people find it useful. <laughs> okay. And to our listeners, please join us again for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.